This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, this is um, a Healing Sunday, amen? And uh, I love preaching on healing because I really believe that's, that's what, you know, the kingdom of God is all about. Uh, that's why Jesus came. The Bible actually said that Jesus came to undo the works of the evil one. Amen. And, you know, uh, I don't know why, but religion gets it all messed up. And sometimes religion would say that that God is the one that's putting sickness on people. Amen. And uh, religion would say because God wants to teach you something through what he puts you through. And uh, no, um, it's the devil that comes to steal, kill and to destroy in John 10.10. 10. And Jesus said that I came that what? That you may have life and have it what? More abundantly. So Jesus came that he didn't come to give us a religion per se. He came to give us life. And we have, the, we have abundant life, eternal life in Jesus. Somebody say, I have life. I have the life of God abiding in me. Amen. And so I'm going to talk to you about love. This is the title of this sermon is Love is the Key to Our Healing. Because, you know, um, the new covenant that we're in, it is a covenant of love. Amen. And we need to uh, uh, walk in the love of God. And, and let's look at Matthew 22, 35 through 40. And you've heard these scriptures before, but it's good to go uh, over these. Because um, I don't know about you. But I know sometimes I, it seems like it's hard for me to go the, the, through the day without getting upset with something. <laughs> have you ever found? Have you ever tried to you know just walk in love? And I'm I'm focusing on love, but I'm finding that sometimes there's things that will, especially if you have a family. Any, <laughs> I mean, if you have a family, you have kids, and you know it's very difficult not to be yelling during the day. <laughs> And I don't know about you, but I want to. I want to walk in more love. Now, sometimes you got to be stern. Now, don't give me. Don't, don't. You know, you do have to talk to your kids, and every every once in a while, you might have to. You might have to lay down the law. But um, I just want to get. I don't. I want to get upset less, and I want to walk in more peace. How many people want to walk in more peace and get upset less? Amen. And uh, and so Matthew, let's look at this. Let's look at Matthew, and this is a lawyer now. You know, when Jesus came on the scene and he started, you know, healing people and setting people free and doing all these wonderful works, uh, the Pharisees, um, they they were jealous of Jesus uh, because Jesus was he there was crowds coming to to Jesus's meetings. And of course, their their church services probably wasn't as big as Jesus's meetings. And so they were jealous of Jesus and they didn't like Jesus. And they were always trying to find ways to, to bring Jesus down. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious people that should have known God. And they should have knew who Jesus was, the coming Messiah. They should have recognized him. You know, a lot of people don't recognize who Jesus is. And Jesus is love. He's mercy. He's good. Amen. And we need to recognize who Jesus is. And, and so there was a lawyer here in Matthew 22 that was trying to, they were always trying to test Jesus. And it says here, then one of them, a lawyer, asked him, Jesus, a question, testing him and saying, teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. So we see here that uh, Jesus was saying that the greatest commandment and and there was a lot. There were a lot of laws over 600 laws in the Old Testament. Of course, we think about the Ten Commandments. When we think about the law as Christians, um, but it's it, but the Ten Commandments are great. And we, you know, I don't really have them memorized, but they're great. It's good to know them. But if you walk in the law of love, you obey all the commandments. 
Amen. If you walk in the law of love, you're not going to try to steal from somebody. You're not going to lie about somebody. You know, if you're walking in love, it's going to take care of the Ten Commandments. You don't have to try to keep the Ten Commandments. You just need to walk in love. Do you know what I'm saying? But, but you know, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. No, no, just walk in the love of God and you will fulfill the entire Ten Commandments. And so here we see there's a picture here of vertical love and horizontal love. Vertical love is our love towards God. And that should be paramount. In other words, our love to, uh, towards God should be first place. God should be first in our life. We, we need to put God even above our spouse. Oh, did I say something today? Amen. Yes. Yeah, you don't put your spouse on a pedestal. You put God on the pedestal. Amen. And if God is in proper order in your life, then everything else will fall into place. It's just that when we put other things above God, then our life gets out of order. You know what I'm saying? So God has to have a proper order. Are you hearing? And when we love God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind, we're, 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 we're living to please God. Amen? So, so, so we need to live to please God. And when you're pleasing God, the Bible says when your ways are pleasing to the Lord, he will even make your enemies be at peace with you. That's wonderful. So I want my life to be pleasing to God. I want to, work, I want to be, a, a, uh, be known as a worshiper of God. Amen. And then it says here that the second commandment is like the first, which is really, it's connected because, you know, our, you know, our life is relationship driven. You can tweet that. Our life, it, because we're, we're in relationships all the time. And so, um, so we need to make sure that we're walking in love in our relationships. And, and the enemy is going to try to work against our relationships. Amen. Amen. And so we, we need to make sure that we're, that we're loving our neighbor as ourselves. Amen. Yeah. And then this is the problem, too, is that some of us don't like ourselves. So if you don't like yourself, your neighbor's in trouble. I mean, if you don't like who you are, you know, uh, and the reason why sometimes as Christians we don't like ourselves is because if we're living in, if we're, if we're tolerating sin in our life and we're not moving away from sin, it can make us not like ourselves. Does that make sense? But when we're walking right before God and we're walking and we have a clear conscience before the Lord, then we can like ourselves when we look in the mirror. See, see, it's our, when we, we're walking in some type of sin and we're tolerating sin in our life, then what happens is it, it, our hearts will condemn us. Like I say, you know, we'll have a heart attack. Now, it may not be a physical heart attack. Our heart will attack us. Does that make sense? So you got to, that's why it's important that you walk in the love of God. You walk in the love of God. How do you do that? Pastor, you obey God. Oh, pastor, that sounds too easy. No, sometimes it's hard to obey God. Amen. Sometimes it's not easy to obey God. Amen. Sometimes it's not easy to turn your, the other cheek when somebody slaps you. You know, it, that's not easy. You know, sometimes we want to, you know, we want to go down fighting. Amen. And so we got to be very, we got to, we got to get that love of God working in our, in our hearts. Amen. And you might be saying to yourself, well, pastor, I'm not called to be a doormat. You know? Yeah, you're not. And, and I got some scriptures that's going to help you today. So th- just hold, hold on, buckle your seatbelt. Uh, I have some good scriptures today. But we need to try to walk in love towards people. And if we have a healthy self-love for ourselves, we're going to love people. But if we don't like ourselves, again, it's going to be difficult for us to walk in love towards people. And God created you. You're one of a kind. You're a masterpiece. You know, God loves you. You're made in the image of God Almighty. Amen. And so he loves you. You are, you are one of a kind. You're special. And, you, and you, you know, the Bible says to think highly but not too highly of yourselves. You don't want to be puffed up in pride. Amen. So I like what John 13, 34 and 35 says. Now, this is Jesus. And it's really interesting that Jesus was walking with his disciples. And... Uh, 
And, and it was at the end of his ministry. Jesus was about ready to go to the cross. And he finally, he lays this on his disciples. Now, a lot of times when he was walking with his disciples, you know, you know, you talk, you're talking about walking with a group of men for three years, three and a half years. You know, there's going to be some squabbles. There's going to be some issues. There's going to be things that's going to happen. And so, so Jesus goes ahead and said, well, let me just lay this on them before I go to the cross. Instead of the very beginning, he needed to lay this on them. So he said to his, his disciples in John 13, 34 and 35, he says, a new commandment I give to you that you loathe one. An- Excuse me. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, you know, Jesus is bringing it to a place where he's saying, I want you to love people around you like I love you. Think about that. Jesus is saying, now we know Jesus went to the nth degree of love. That he gave his body for us. That he went, he got, he, he, he received, uh, you know, the sacrifice. You know, he was, he was the sacrifice. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And he received all this punishment and abuse so that we could have eternal life. So Jesus went the nth degree for our love. And so, and I like this because even in his last days... And, and the day even that, uh, that he, that he insti- you know, he instituted the communion, you know, that, that last supper that he had with his disciples, he, what he did was he, he got up and uh, he uh, put on a towel and he washed the disciples' feet. Think about that. And he knew that they were going to run off on him. <laughs> he knew that Peter was going to deny him. Because he told Peter, you're going to deny me three times. He knew this and he was washing their feet. What are we called to do? We're called to wash one another's feet. In other words, we're not called to, you know, not literally, you know, I'm not, you know, I know some churches have a foot washing, you know, thing. And I I don't want you washing my feet, (laughs) but (laughs) hallelujah. But, uh, you know, I'm not against that. Maybe we should. That would be humbling. Amen. Uh, so <laughs> it was, I heard this story about this one assistant pastor and he was a little hard when he preached, sometimes like me at times. And, um, he was, he was the assistant and he was a little cocky and, and arrogant. And, you know, he would just say things on the pulpit that people didn't like. And so there was their custom in communion was that, that if somebody offended you in communion, before you took communion, before we, you, you would have to go to that person and swap your bread out. And say, you know, uh, you know if, you, if they offended you, say, listen, you offended me, ask, or, I, or, or if you offended them, you ask forgiveness. And, you, and, and, and so this one assistant pastor, even though he was a little hard, a little prideful, um, you know, he's there, he, doesn't, he feels okay about his life. And then a person comes up and said, you offended me. <laughs> so they switched the bread. And he said, oh, I didn't know that. And then, and, and, then, and then he goes down and he said, Lord, help me with that. And then another person came up, <laughs> said, you offended me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And, by the t- and the third person came up <laughs> and that bread was soggy. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We just got to be careful that we're not being offensive to people. You know, we're, that we're not, you know, that we're not uh, allowing, you know, our, our, our pet peeves. Anybody have pet peeves out here? What a pet peeve means is, is you like something done a certain way. And if it's not done a certain way, it irritates you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody have pet peeves in here? You're right. And, and when people cross that pet peeve, that's it. It's, it's heck to pay, right? You know, you don't want your kids, you know, your kids, there's rules in the house. If your kids, you know, my, my kid always leaving that, that, that refrigerator door open. He opens that door and I walk in and both doors are slung open. They've been open for 10 minutes. Christian! 
get back in here. You know what I'm talking about? And you know what? You know, he's special needs, but he, he obeys when you, when, you, when you yell at him. It's like, like I say to my wife, I say, it's the only way, it's the only language he understands. Is an anger overtone. You know what I'm talking about? That's the only language he understands, you know, because you can't say it nice because he just he just doesn't listen to you. Amen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? So uh, so what is the pastor saying? Sometimes it's okay to yell. okay? (laughs) but do it in love. Do it in love. Don't do it out of anger. Sometimes you've got to just be stern. Amen. Glory to God. I'm trying to get myself out of this hot water here. And um, so we need to walk in the love of God. Now, look, now, now the first key is um, that we know we're walking out of love. Number one is when we have a judgmental or critical attitude. Well, it's quiet in this church. In other words, you know, we we all have an opinion like we all have something else, but I won't go there. But we all have an opinion, right? But it doesn't mean your opinion is right. Amen? Some say potato, some say potato. You know, it's just how you grew up. You know, it, you may not, it may be right the way you grew up. You know, like my wife, you know, I like, I like pancakes and, and I like, uh, you know, eggs for breakfast. And my wife can eat soup. You know, with chicken in it and rice. I, I won't be, I'm not going to be eating soup and chicken and rice. You know, that's not, that's not me. I like pancakes. And I, I'm, I'm the American. You know, she would, she, my wife would remind me, I'm Asian. I said, oh, yeah, you are. Okay. Take me to an Asian restaurant. Okay, not American. Okay. I forget. I forget. Amen. Sometimes we forget. Amen. And so we don't want to be judgmental <laughs> or critical. Amen. We don't want to be judgmental or critical. Amen. Now, now, Matthew 7, 1 and 5. Let's look at this. And this is Jesus. Because Jesus had a lot to say about relationships and, and about how we should handle ourselves. And in Matthew 7, 1 through 5, Jesus says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the... For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite. Boy, Jesus is strong, wasn't he? Hypocrite. And with an exclamation point, you know, first remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus is just saying that before we go out correcting everybody else, we might want to get our life in order. But, you know, because sometimes this is how how our makeup is sometimes because, because nobody ever wants to admit that they're wrong about anything, right? And, you know, I used this illustration before. Uh, anybody ever used to watch Happy Days in here? Yes. Sunday, Monday, Happy Days, right? Uh, I don't think I got the tune right, but um, close enough. And, and Fonzie, remember Fonzie? Yes. He hated to admit that he was wrong. Amen. He was, I'm you know, he just didn't want to admit, he didn't want to ever apologize, he didn't want to, oh, you hear what I'm saying today? He never wanted to admit that he was wrong, because he was cool, and he didn't want to make, mis- nobody wants to make mistakes, and nobody wants to admit that they're wrong, amen? Well, and that goes back to our parents, what, Adam and Eve, remember? Remember God said, hey, what happened here? There's some missing fruit from the tree, and, you know, they were covering themselves with fig leaves and they were trying to, you know, that's a form of religion. They were trying to cover up. And then God said, hey, d- did you eat from the tree? And he, and he speaks right to Adam and Adam said, it's that woman you gave me. It's not my fault. I mean, you made her so good looking. I mean, she, she coached me into it. And he said, Eve, what'd you do? It's that snake you made. 
Neither one wanted to take any kind of blame. And is that human nature? We just don't want to take any blame. But see, repentance, when you're true, see, repentance is, Jesus preached on repentance. You know, when he came and, and, and John the Baptist preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And repentance is, is recognizing if there's areas in your life that doesn't line up with what God's word says, it says, you know, it, it recognizes that you need a change. Repentance is changing to what God likes and not what you like. Amen. Amen? So, so that's repentance. That's, that's true. It's turning towards what God likes or what he says. Amen? And so here uh, we want to make sure that we're not uh, judging people for things that we do ourselves. Amen. And so we need to be very careful that we're not doing that or, and that we need to really examine ourselves. And the Bible says that if you're going to correct somebody, always do it in love, Amen. not with an attitude. Yes. Amen. Yes. Because, you know, if, because we need to be very careful because the sin that you're criticizing somebody over could be your sin next week. Because the only way we walk right with God is by his grace. That's why I pray every morning. I pray, you know, uh, the, um, the Lord's Prayer and I, and I break it up. And one of the things I say, lead me not into temptation. You know, deliver me from being tempted today. Help me not to be tempted. Amen. So I, 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 I set my day up because I don't want any... any t- areas of my lot of my day being where I fall into temptation. Amen. And so we need to be very careful that we're not judging people um, uh, and, and being critical on people. Amen. Uh, Jesus was uh, being uh, judged by the Pharisees all the time in Luke eleven fourteen through 23. Uh, Jesus here. Let's read this. And he Jesus uh, was casting out a demon and it was. Uh, mute. So it was when the demon had gone out, the mute spoke and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said he cast out demons by Bezebub, the ruler of the demons. Others testing him sought for him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Bezebub. And if I cast out demons by Bezebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, there will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him his armor, which is trusted and divided his spoils. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. Now, I know that was pretty long there. But bottom line, Jesus was setting the captives free. And uh, the Pharisees said, you're doing it by the prince of the demons. By, by the power of the devil. And, uh, you know, listen, if somebody's getting healed, it's, the devil's not behind that. I'm going to say that again. The devil's not, never behind he, people being healed, delivered, or set free. No, the devil, no, the devil he's a destroyer. He's all about destruction. So, that, so, so, so understand that. And so, so Jesus gave this great point that a house divided cannot stand. And so, again, if we're going to walk in love of God, this is a good point here. We need to walk in unity. We, we need to walk in unity with God the Father. And we need to walk in unity with one another as far as we can. I said that for a reason. As far as we can. Because some people just don't want to walk in unity. And then there's, then there's sometimes you just might need to separate from them. Of course, I'm not giving you permission to separate from your spouse this morning. But uh, you just have to work at walking in love with your spouse. Amen? Hallelujah. And so 
And so we see this, and, and so a kingdom divided cannot stand. So the devil, he, he wants to divide us. He, he, wants, he wants to bring in factions, and he wants to divide us and get us at different opinions and all this. And really, the Bible says, uh, even the Paul was writing, that we as a church, we need to pray that the church comes in unity with one another. We don't, we don't, you know, we don't hate on other churches. We love everybody. We're all together trying to get the harvest in. So we need to love our brothers and sisters in other denominations. Glory to God. They might not have it all like we do. (laughs) We don't have it all. Okay. But, you know, they have something that we may not have. and We all can learn from one another. Amen. Okay. Number two. Number one, we need to be very careful about being judgmental and critical. Number two, we don't want to allow anger to go unchecked in our lives. Because sometimes it's just easy just to get, to, to get angry and to walk in anger. And to just can't, you can't get through the day without getting angry. I, 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 this, is, um, this is a homework assignment for you. Try to go th- through this week without getting angry or upset. Okay. Write down how many times you're, you're, you know, you're getting upset or angry. Amen? Because, you know, I mean, I, I'm going to help you this morning. I'm going to help you to walk in the love of God. I, I'm going to show you how you can do that. But uh, do not allow anger to go unchecked. Matthew 5, 21 through 24. Um, it says here, Jesus speaking. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause, notice that, without a cause, or you could say without a just cause, shall be in danger of judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. This is pretty strong words here. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar... And, they, and there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. For first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So he's saying here that, uh, you know, it's not a sin to be angry because, you know, th- people can do things that can make us angry, but it's a sin to keep that anger in our life. It's a sin to allow that anger to turn into other things. And so we need, we need to be very careful that we're not allowing that anger to, to cause us to murder people through our tongues. We, you know, how do you do that? You talk negative about people. We don't want to be talking negative about people. And it, that, the old saying, you know what your mom used to say. If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Did your mom say that? It sounds good anyway. But so if we don't have nothing nice to say, don't say any. Sometimes it's just better just to be quiet. And I'm telling you, some of us, if we just learn not to talk as much, we'll look like geniuses. We open our mouth and we don't look too much like a genius. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? is Is this going over like a lead balloon today or what? And so we continue. We don't want to allow anger to go unchecked. And we need to be very careful that we're not getting angry with people that, um, that, that aren't really doing anything to us. Amen. In other words, sometimes we can get envious of, of what God may be doing in somebody's life. And we may see some blessings in their life and it can make us angry. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? We can see God blessing somebody and, and they may not even look as faithful as you. And we start comparing ourselves with others. Say, why, God, why is that person more blessed? And, we, and what we, we get envious. Love is not envious. And so we've got to be very careful that we're not comparing ourselves with other people or comparing our stuff with what other people have. And we've and we got to be very careful that we're not, look at them, look what they have. How come I don't have this? And it's called comparative-itis. And, we got to, and that's a disease that we've got to get rid of. Amen? And we know this, this happened because in Genesis, in the book of Genesis, um, uh, this is uh, the account of Cain and Abel. 
And let's look at this in Genesis 4, 1 and 8. It says, now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. But in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering to the, of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry. I like what the uh, King James says, he was wroth. Anybody ever, anybody ever get wroth out here? And, um, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with his Abel, his brother, and came to pass when they were in the field. Cain rose up against Abel, uh, his brother, and killed him. So we see here, this is a, I love this because uh, I love talking about this story because it's all about free will. Because God gives us free will and Cain was not predisposed to be a bad guy. He was not, God did not create Cain to be a bad guy. In other words, he created all of us to be good people. He created all of us to, to walk in love. And so Cain was not, God didn't create Cain to be the bad guy. But Cain made a choice and God came to Cain and said, you can change. And Cain and, and God warned Cain. Are you listening? God's always warning us. He's always warning us. Don't go there. Don't go there. Does God ever warn you? Or you just sense, I don't need to go there. I should probably stay quiet. I shouldn't say anything. Right. Uh, and, 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 and there's a warning a check. But but Cain did not. He he ignored the warning. And and I believe that Cain could have been as blessed as Abel. Abel gave his first, gave his very best. And there was a blessing that came down. Obviously, you know, I I, I, I preached on this before. But but the Bible says that that um, when uh, Elijah offered a sacrifice, fire came down. So uh, you, could, you could see it, you know, Abel and Cain, they come up and, and Abel brings his offering. Cain brings his offering. And then, Abel, and then all of a sudden the fire comes down from heaven, laps up that offering, and everybody gives them a golf <laughs> clap, you know. Very good, Abel. You really did great. God is really respecting your offering. And then, of course, Cain brings some dried up fruit to God, his leftovers, and nothing. You know what I'm talking about? Just crickets. And people just kind of like, you need to be more like your brother Abel. You know what I'm talking about? And then, you know, you know when the next thing happens, you know, Cain says, I, I, get, I need to get rid of the competition. <laughs> I got to get rid of, if I get rid of him, then they got to love me. See, that's what, that's what the Pharisees were doing with Jesus. If we can get rid of Jesus, then the people will love us back. Even though we preach the law and legalism and all this, the people are going to have to start loving. But, but, but they wanted to get rid of Jesus and wanted to get rid of the competition. Eliminate the competition. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? And so, but, but, but again, Cain could have got his life right, could have did it right, and he would have been blessed too. Amen. And sometimes we just don't want to walk the right walk. Sometimes we just want to, we want to do it our way and still get the blessing. No, you've got to do it God's way. If you want to see the blessing of God in your life, we need to get in unity with God and do it his way. You know, when we have unchecked anger, it can keep us from our promised land. Can I say it again? See, there's a promised land for every believer. And, you know, you know, I, I like what one minister said, you know, our life is sort of like the Israelites when they were in Egypt. You know, they were just, you know, they were in bondage. And when we first get saved, there's areas in our life where we're, we have bondages and all that. And, and we're in a process of getting anybody in a process of getting free in here. And we're in a process of getting free. And then then God brought the Israelites into the wilderness and he fed them and they were in a place, you know, uh, 
you know, in, under the Egyptian rule, they were uh, just, uh, you know, barely enough. And then they, then they got into the wilderness where God rained manna and had the, had the cloud by day and the fire by night. And, you know, they were taken care of and they had just enough. They were just living just enough. That's the way we, some of us as Christians, we just, we're just barely making it. But then there's a place in God where we can go into a place where it's a land flowing with milk and honey and that we have more than enough. Can anybody say debt free and abundantly supplied? Somebody say, I'm headed there. Glory, you're headed there. Amen. And so when we start walking with God and so but anger can hinder God from blessing us the way we need to be blessed. And in Numbers 27 through 12, Moses was instructed by God. Now, I'm just going to just talk to you about this. I'm not going to read it. Was instructed by God to uh, to get water for the children of Israel out of the rock and 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 because they needed water and and the children of Israel they were complaining and 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 God gave him specific instructions and the first time that he, they got water uh, Moses struck the rock and that was by God's leading he had a staff that he used but uh, but the second time God said that you need to speak to the rock. And the rock represents Jesus. Jesus only gets struck one time. Amen. On the cross. But now since Jesus is sitting uh, in the, on, on the throne and we're seated in heavenly places, we don't strike Jesus. Any, you know, we don't strike Jesus. We speak the word of God. And so Moses was supposed to speak to the rock and water would have flowed out of it. But he said, but Moses said, you bunch of rebels. And he struck the rock. Shall I get water out of, the, out of this rock for you, you bunch of rebels? Bam! And he hits that rock with a staff. And that was it. Water came out. God still blessed Moses and allowed water to come out. But God says, you're not going into the promised land. Why? Because of his anger. Remember his anger got him in trouble 40 years earlier? Remember he killed an Egyptian? Remember that? So his anger got him. But this wasn't the first time his anger got him in trouble. It was that time. Now, he had a close relationship with God. He was the meekest man on the earth, the Bible said. But he still there was still unchecked anger that he didn't he didn't take care of. Are you listening? And we got to make sure that we're not allowing unchecked anger to get us out of our promised land. So what do we do when someone hurts us? What do we do when somebody hurts us? Matthew 18, 15 and 17, because Jesus gives us instructions of what we need to do. It says here in Matthew 18, 15 through 17. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Notice it says that if you got a problem with a brother or sister in, in the church, or some, it could be outside church. They may not even attend the church, but they may be a brother or sister. It says here, go to them in private. So in other words, you're not going to air it out to everybody. What they did to you. Amen. And talk to everybody first. What do you think I should do about that rascal? You know, no, no. You, you go to them privately. Amen. So why? Because love covers. Love wants to protect people. Love does not expose people's weaknesses. Is that right? And so he says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you, him and alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. So if he says, you know, you're right. I should not. I crossed the line and he repents and he, and he, and he, and he, uh, you know, makes it right. Then you gained your brother. But if he does not hear you, take with you one or two or more, that's when you can bring two more people in, into it, that are righteous. And that by the, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, that every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. Wow. Now tell the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Jesus is actually saying this. He's saying that there might be a time where you might have to distance yourself from people that, uh, that won't repent and want to continue in sin. Amen. 
He's actually saying that. He's actually saying that you have to distance yourself. You can't just treat them in love. Because, because what it is, they will think what they're doing is okay. And, 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 and if they're walking in known sin, it's going to destroy them. And sin can leak into the church. You know, there was a person in the church that was, that was having sexual sin in the church. And Paul heard about this. And they, did, they, they, they heard the, the, the love message, only part of it, love covers them all to sin. So they, they weren't saying anything. So he was in the church doing, you know, the, this heinous thing and uh, living in sin, sexual sin. And uh, finally, Paul says, you need, you need to get, he needs to repent, turn from that relationship, or you need to kick him out of the church. You don't hear preaching like that anymore. <laughs> You know, there is a time for people to come in and we're OK with people coming in. And there's a process as long as they're trying to move towards the process of deliverance. But but not living in it without repenting. Then, you know, then if they're living in it and not repenting, you know, if somebody some guy comes in here and he's he starts trying to make moves on the different ladies in the church. And you know what I'm talking about? And he's getting baby somebody pregnant here or there. You know, we're going to have to have a talk. He might not, you know, Joe's stud may not be allowed in Exceed Life Church. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. We love babies, but we don't want them made out of wedlock. And we don't want somebody taking advantage of people. Joe's stud's going to have to walk out. And we have to treat him like an infidel or a non-believer. Is that, is that all right today? Amen. Am I preaching a little too hard today? Uh, that's the way we got we, we to do it. And, and so he told the Corinthian church, do something with this guy. You know what? They kicked him out. And he said, and allow the, the devil to come on. Because if he's out of fellowship, then, then he's, under divine, he's not under divine protection anymore. If you're not in church, you're not under divine protection. And the devil has free access to your life. And so the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, he came back, he repented, he severed that, late, that sexual relationship, and, and Paul said, bring them back in and love on them. But see, he, he, needed, some rea- he needed a reality check, that you can't be part of the, of the righteous church of the Lord Jesus Christ and have some spots on you that you're okay with. No, we don't, we're not okay with sin in this church. We're, we're moving out of sin. Amen. We're walking in righteousness. Amen. Because sin will destroy our lives. Amen. And so we see this. So, so um, love in action. How do we overcome the haters in our life? Amen. So how do we overcome them? Matthew 5, 43, 48. Now the haters shouldn't be the people in your church. The haters are the ones that are outside the church like the world. I wanna, you, you shouldn't have haters in the church. I got some haters in the church and I'm loving it, you know. No, you should not have haters in the church. In other words, the haters are outside. It's the ones that don't like you standing for what's right. Amen. And so it says here in Matthew 5, 43 and 48, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. This is Old Testament. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. That's a tall order. <laughs> in other words, when you're driving your car and, so, and you, you did something, or maybe you moved into the lane too quick, and that person beeps their horn to tell you you're a jerk, and then they give you the finger... You know, you, you, you need to bless them. That's right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Pray, bless you, brother. Yes. But you don't want to, you don't want to retaliate. Right. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Are you here? Sometimes, you know, we, I, I, I hear stories of some of our church members when somebody beeps and they just want to get out and just take them down. But you know what? They tell me the love of God constrains them. I was just talking to one, you know, one of the members. Love of God constrains me, Pastor, but I just want to hurt them. Does anybody, is anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Do you ever want to hurt anybody? Glory to God. Why? Because that's just, that's flesh. Can somebody say flesh? It's flesh. It's the way our flesh is. It just wants attack. You attack me, I'm going to attack you. I found out sheep bite. You know, as a pastor, so sheep, sheep are not always obedient. They, they, they bite every once in a while. But I got to love them and stroke them, tell them they're going to be okay. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, we are sheep of the Lord. Amen? So it says here, you shall love your neighbor. Uh, it says here, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your father in heaven. I remember, I'm closing this down. But I remember that uh, I, was, I used to be in retail sales. And um, I used to sell jewelry. And um, I, was a, I was a pretty good salesperson. Uh, because I had the grace of God in my life. Amen. And, um, but I would, I would sell you know, jewelry and all that. And there's competition because we work for commission. And you know, some of us would run. You know, we would try to get to that customer because we want to try to sell something so we can make more money. And so it was kind of, anybody ever, can somebody say cutthroat? Sometimes the sales game can be very cutthroat. It's like you got to move, you got to do things. And, but anyway, I, I remember that I was trying to sell this expensive watch. And I had this one lady that worked in, in there. She didn't like me too much because I, I outsold her a lot. And, um, and so she just didn't like me. For one reason, I don't know why she didn't like me. She just didn't like me. And, um, and so I remember that I was trying to sell this watch. And it was an expensive watch. It was a Rolex. It was a few thousand dollars. And um, to, this, to this couple. And, uh, and I didn't realize that weekend that I, I, you don't ever discount these watches. But for some reason, they were having a sale on, on this particular watch. And I, and I wasn't aware of it, so I couldn't what they call close the sale. In other words, they said they were going to think about it. So they walked away. And so, but then the girl that didn't like me said, you, you could have offered them the discount. She didn't tell me. And they, they could have bought. I said, you know what? That's a good idea. So I had their number on a profile card. So they were probably away for three minutes. I called them. Now, they probably had a cell phone or whatever. I said, listen, I forgot to mention to you, I can discount that watch. Would you buy the watch if I discounted this amount? And they said, yes. And so I went ahead and sold the watch over the phone with her, and I got their credit card, right? But what I did was, in, what I did was uh, in, in selling things, you can add people to your sale and you can split the money you make with other people, sales associates. So I gave her part of my sale and she, and she was shocked. She said, you didn't need to do that. I said, I want to do that because I'm putting it in there. She sees what I'm doing. She says, you don't have to do that. I said, I want to do it. You don't want to do it. I, I want to do it. I want to bless you <laughs> because I wouldn't have sold it without her telling me. But she had something. Again. And you know what? It turned the way she thought about me and it made an enemy into a friend. And that following week, she sold a watch and she gave me part of the sale. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? What? We can turn things around. What? Love can turn things around. Love works better than hate. I'm telling you, love is stronger than hate. I'm telling you, love is stronger than anger. You know, you know love triumphs over all things. And when we're walking in the love of God, the Bible actually says we will never fail. Love never fails. Amen. So as we walk in the love of God, yes, there might be times where we might have to, by the love of God, you know, shun some people and keep them on the outside until they get their, their heart right and they come back in repentance. There might be times where we might have, you know, even in a marriage, you know, their, their, their divorce might happen in a marriage. It might be because of a, a spouse being, you know, not being faithful and, and infidelity. And, you know, you don't, sometimes we don't have a choice. If they continue to do wrong things, we have to separate. Amen. We can't continue that. The Bible says, you know, divorce. One reason is infidelity. Now, God can heal an infidelity. But if that person doesn't want to repent and they keep doing those things, they're Joe Stud, in other words, then, then you're going to have to you're going to have to separate. You know, we don't advocate divorce in this church. 
But you know, there, are some, there are some reasons why you might have to. Amen. Why? For your health. Amen. For your life. Right. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so, so we got to get a revelation that, that the, 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 the paramount thing that we need to walk in is the love of God. And the paramount thing in love, we need to stay in unity with God the Father and with other people. And we have to stay in unity and walk in peace as far as we can. Amen. Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness this morning. I thank you, Father God, that that this life is relationship driven. And Father, I thank you, Father God, that our relationship with you is the most important thing on this planet. And Father, we know that we cannot have a relationship with you without receiving Jesus, your son, as our Lord and Savior. And maybe perhaps you're here today or perhaps you're watching uh, by Internet and you never made that decision to receive Jesus because you 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 cannot have a true relationship unless you have Jesus in your heart. Jesus is the door to heaven. Jesus is the door to God. So I want you to pray this prayer. If you've never confessed Jesus as Lord, I want you to pray this prayer today and you will have a relationship with God the Father. And in that relationship, you will have that life that Jesus uh, paid for us to have. And that will help us to move into fruitful relationships in our life. Just say this after me and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I repent of sin and I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 